You're listening to the Longbox Crusade, Crusader Chronicles, Episode 2, featuring Giant Size X-Men number 1 and Amazing Spider-Man number 146 from April 1975. Welcome to the second episode of the Longbox Crusade, Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sampson. Crusader Chronicles is a spin-off podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by their release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many longboxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues or issues for that release date. Sometimes I will be joined by fellow podcasters and friends, or sometimes it may just be me alone. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection. The main Longbox Crusade podcast will be changing the format to find out what's in your longbox. Each episode, a random date and year is chosen, and then each host will bring an issue from their longbox from that random date and year. We will continue to do the normal segments of covering the ads, movies, and music from that time period, and the issue review will be more detailed. We still have a few upcoming episodes of the old format to release, so stay tuned for the new format as it will be the same fun you have come to expect from us. Joining me this episode are Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and his brother Jason Albrecht, my co-host from our main podcast, The Longbox Crusade. Now before we get started with this episode's issues... Let's take a quick podcast promo break. Who here likes comic books? Who likes superheroes? Who likes superhero comic books? From the 90s! That's what I thought. Hey there. I'm Nathaniel Wayne from the Council of Geeks, and though I've always loved superheroes, the only time I was buying monthly issues was during the much maligned 1990s. I've decided to go through my personal collection, issue by issue, and in my own little way, try to answer the question, were 90s comics really that bad? Chances are the answer will be yes, but I think these books deserve another chance, and they're going to get it on 90s Comics Retrial, part of the Council of Geeks podcast, available on iTunes and at 90scomicsretrial.wordpress.com. The first issue we're going to cover for this month's release of April 1st, 1975, is Giant Size X-Men number one. Credits on this are by multiple people due to the different chapters on this. Well, what I'm going to do is just read through. I'm just going to read off names here quickly. Some of the credits go to Len Wein, David Cockrum, 
Gil Kane, Casper Saladino. And I may be butchering names, but that's just me and how it goes. Continue on here with Chris Claremont, Peter Iro, Iro, Glennis Ween, John Costanza, Roy Thomas, Warner Roth, John Verporten, Artie Simek, Arnold Drake, John Verporten, Joe Rosen, Linda Feet, and Sam Granger to finish it off. So that's the credits for this issue. Let's get into a quick uh, a short synopsis brought to you by Jared Elbrick. I want to congratulate you on the that might have been your finest pronunciation round of names yet. And and with no sarcasm, I think you got a lot of those names right. So that's good. Good job, Christados. Yeah, good. Well, I'm learning. Well, and, and thank you. <laughs> and that's what it's all about. It's me discovering how to say creator names properly. And keep in mind, uh, people, that when we do say them improperly, uh, 90% of that reason is to drive John Beatty crazy, just so everybody knows that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Story synopsis. Second Genesis. Giant Size X-Men number one is most famous for bringing together the new team, and that's precisely how this issue begins. Professor Xavier is traveling the world, collecting together a new band of mutants that include Storm, Banshee, Sunfire, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Thunderbird, and Wolverine. Once Xavier has collected this hesitant team of mutants back at the Academy, Cyclops reveals that all the members of the original X-Men team, Angel, Iceman, Marvel Girl, Lorna Dane, and Havoc, all went missing on the most recent mission they took to Krakoa Island in search of a new mutant discovered by the machine Cerebro. Now, this new squad of mutants is needed to perform search and rescue for the original X-Men on Krakoa, so off they go with a lot of bickering and reluctance. Once on the island, they split off into pairs, and each pair faces and defeats strange occurrences on the island, ranging from bird attacks to giant lobsters to semi-intelligent rock slides. Eventually, they all converge on a mysterious temple where they find the original team is captured and having their powers siphoned by none other than the entire island. Krakoa itself is a living, mutated island, a result of nuclear testing, and it feeds off mutants. Through the combined efforts of the original team, the new team, and some mental support from Professor X, the newly combined X-Men are able to defeat the island and head home to have further discussions about what the new team makeup will look like. Thanks, Jared. My pleasure. Let's get into some uh, short discussion on this. Uh, was this uh, your first read, Jared? I'm going to put it down for a maybe. I feel okay. like I might have read it in like... I, I'm, I'm probably going to have to ask Jason here. If they reprinted this in the classic X-Men, because they started making that book classic X-Men in the 80s, and they were basically reprinting mm -hmm. old ones. If they reprinted this, then yes, I read it. If they didn't reprint this in classic X-Men, then this is my first time around. It rang a vague bell. Uh, but So I guess you can kind of put me down for a first time since I didn't really remember it. But I might have read it before if it was printed in classic X-Men, because we had a lot of those when we were kids. Jason? Yeah, I I don't know that they I I want to say that they started the classic X Men run with um uh, like ninety six or ninety eight yeah that yeah. sounds right that sounds I right. don't I don't think they did this this one in the classic X Men storyline I think no I think classic X Men they started with ninety four okay. which comes just after the giant uh -huh. size um, I can't swear to it though. Uh, okay, then this I, I, probably I, I, was my first time on it. Yeah, this one uh, they've 
they've reprinted this a couple times. Uh, so you might have picked up a reprint or seen one here or there, but but I don't think they did this one in the classic X-Men. All right. Probably was my first time through then. What about you, Jason? Read, reread? Oh, this is definitely a reread. I've I've read this this story many times. Uh, it still never gets old. I really like this one. And I I kind of I I think this is I'm going to say it as a in between <laughs> probably <laughs> too because I think I read it a while ago when I when I originally got this uh, from the I'm reading this series from the a scan of it that I bought from uh, when the 40th anniversary of this series, uh, Marvel released them uh, from the beginning to the, the whatever issue came out for the, for the 40th. So that's where I'm reading these from. I think I read a little bit back then, but I, I kind of feel like this is a, a, a main reread again, or, or it kind of feels like a first read for me too, as uh, I want to get further into this series starting at this point. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. Sure. With that, that, let's go to the highs. Start with Jason. So, yeah, the highs are um, Len Wein and Dave Cockrum. (laughs) This is, this is a, a, in my humble opinion, a masterpiece of a book. Um, It's, it's a, it's a great story. Uh, This started the second chapter of the X Men franchise, which, which launched it uh, from, from, from a good book into superstardom. It introduced us to several of the characters that would become core characters that we would know throughout to the, today, including Colossus and uh, Wolverine and and um, Nightcrawler and Storm. The art was brilliant. I love the colors. I love the um, the action elements. The story is is crisp. It introduces us to all the characters in very dynamic ways. It culminates into a, a, a kind of creepy but very cool um, battle against an entire living island. I mean, what's not to love with this book? Jared? Well, highs. I fully recognize it for its iconic status. As I get into this, it's important to talk that I've never been a big X reader. I like the X-Men just fine, uh, but I haven't um, – like when Jason and I were kids – much like if you've listened to our previous uh, Long Box Crusades, I was buying a lot of G.I. Joe, and Jason was buying a lot of Star Wars when it came to figures. And we were like a couple of little communists because we would share everything and, and really build these empires. <laughs> well, Jason was buying a lot of X books, and I was buying a lot of the non-X books. And like good communists, we were building a nice little con- <laughs> collection between the two of us. Well, um, so Jason is much more tied to X than I am. So just know that going into it. So to me, I'm reading this book without a whole lot of passion in it. Jason reads this book and he sees this landmark uh, thing. And I see it too. I mean, obviously, it's it's the new team and it's the members that I love because I'm a huge Nightcrawler fan. I love Colossus. Those are two of my favorites. So I get it. Uh, but, I, but I'm able to look at it a little bit more as just a story. And the story was like kind of very simple. I mean, it was funny. We read off all the credits these people involved and it's like, I don't know that we needed that many involved in, in such a simple story. But I think the book does a good job of what it set out to do, which was, I mean, the first several pages is introducing, rounding up these new characters and then giving us a a look at uh, how how they come together on their first mission. So, yes, I think it's a good book. I think it's uh, it's worth, worth a, a good read. On the downside, I think it's kind of simple. Uh, the story didn't really blow me away in in any way. 
Uh, although, like I said, I fully understand it's uh, a landmark. And I do want to echo something else Jason said, that we don't talk a lot about Glennis Ween and her colors, and although she shows up on a lot of our episodes. She did really good color work in this book. Like, the colors are just yeah. very grabby. So, yeah, a lot of a lot yeah. of good stuff here, um, although I kind of have such a weird perspective on it, because to me, I'm just kind of reading another comic book. I'm not so invested in the X, X universe. No, I, you know, I, I'm going to second your, your thoughts kind of on that as well. I, I, I feel the same way, and learning more. I, I'm looking at this as we're doing this podcast, as we're doing this, this Crusader Chronicles podcast and, and walk through here. I'm looking at it as a discovery, rediscovery of kind of different things. First, I'm you know looking at discovering uh, creators that I, you know, I've heard their names, but now I can now I'm starting to the more I'm doing this, I'm starting to put you know names with the, their work more better. Um, and like I said, Glennis Ween, great colorist from what I'm seeing and have gone through. I do really I do agree with you, Jared, that moving through this, am I a big X Man fan? I know them. Do I? Do I have I fallen in love with them? Not yet, but maybe through this process of going through these issues, from you know starting at Giant Size X Men, that's kind of why I chose it mm-hmm. uh, as a good starting on point. Uh, you know, hearing so much about the Claremont run, I want to discover that it's going to be a, a first time discovery for me through this. I you know, and I think having J- uh, Jason as someone that I already has experience should be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, along the way so i agree i agree i think uh we make up a good trio of, of two guys who uh, i'm vaguely aware of it you're experiencing it for the first time and jason's like the expert <laughs> yeah definitely and i, and I can appreciate um, and- what both of you have said i i fully admit that i come at this book loaded with um positive prejudices and there's nothing wrong with that i mean like i said it's That's, no, it's that- an important book and and we did not mention the cover it has a great cover <laughs> For introducing new members, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a cover that's been homaged many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely an iconic cover on this. Oh, I did have one other thing to say because I like to take more time. I thought it was interesting too how, like, the new team gets together and like almost everybody is like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> like it is a team full of but, jerks and what was funny about that i think that makes it good though you know on one hand yes because like any good writer will tell you if you don't have conflict you don't have a good story right but i, I on one hand i, I get that on the other hand, i thought like, maybe there's too much conflict like i already knew that there was going to be conflict between wolverine and thunderbird from my from my cursory readings as a kid because i know that wolverine is basically the best of the best and thunderbird desperately wants to be the best of the best and is always trying to prove himself you know i know this about those characters but it was interesting because i was listening to another podcast yesterday uh off the white rocket network where uh van plexico was interviewing david michelini about his run on Avengers and his take when he wrote on Avengers was very different from what was going on in like, say the X-Men McLeany pointed out that he specifically wanted the team because they were the Avengers. They were the pinnacle of superhero teams that people actually got along. Like they could still have little bickers here and there, but ultimately they were a well-oiled machine. So it was neat to kind of, I was reading this, you know, in preparation for the podcast and listening to that to get that absolute opposite take from a professional writer who was like, I want to do something different. Everybody's writing conflict. So I'm going to write a well-oiled machine that has a little conflict, but it makes sense. This is the Avengers. It doesn't get any better than this. So these guys need to work together better than say a hobnob team of X-Men. So I thought it was kind of well, neat. 
comparison. I think that's a that's you bring up a very good point. And as you know, I've been a fan of, of both books, Avengers and the X Men, and I've always looked at the Avengers almost like a, a professional NFL team. This is like a, a bunch of very polished professionals that have been assembled together to do a very specific goal. In this case, you know, protect the world, basically, to protect protect Earth. And whereas I've always looked at the X-Men as kind of like, you know, your dysfunctional family that's, that's still very close. It's, you know, they will bicker, they will argue, they will fight. But when it when the rubber meets the call road, each other by racial slurs, <laughs> yeah. But when the rubber meets the meets the road, different times, different times in comic book. They 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 come together uh, yeah. and do what what needs to be done. And two very different takes. Um, both work, I think. Uh, like I said, I've been a fan of of both books. So, but I've always I've always been very aware of that distinction. No, I think that's a good analogy you give with the pro football team. Yeah. That's that's good stuff. I agree with that too. Uh, any quick lows? Anybody? I already mentioned mine. Just I thought this the story was really simple, and uh, everybody, every member of the team being a jerk, I thought was a little heavy handed. But I see what they're doing there, creating conflict, and a simple story is not a bad idea when you're introducing like a ton of new characters. So I, I cut it a lot of slack for my lows, regardless. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I have any. Oh, oh, oh sorry. I was just going to no. say no. I just no, go ahead. Uh, I, I agree with with what what Jared has said. I mean, in, in, in all honesty, it is a very it is a very basic linear story, and it, it can be a little heavy handed um, as as the the comic book stories from this generation tended to be. You know, so so I I do recognize that it's you know it's not a it's not a perfect book by any stretch of the imagination, but still uh, very very well written. And and I'm really glad that you you brought up uh, Glennis Wine. It was Glennis, right? What was her name? Yep. The colorist. Yep, Glennis, yep. Yeah, I'm really Glennis. glad you mentioned that because you're right. The vibrancy of the <laughs> of the colors uh, really do bring this book to the next level. So so yeah, shouts out out to to Glennis I mean, that's another thing. So iconic of an issue, the team assembled to create this issue. You know, basically a team of really good X Men. <laughs> You know, good, good team assembled to create this awesome yeah, book. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so let, let's get into quick ratings now that we're at that point. We'll start with Jason. Where What would you rate this? Um, just just looking at this personally, this is a five. This is a must-have in your, your collection. Um, you're not going to be able probably uh, – I don't have an original. Uh, I don't have $700 to $1,000 to spare <laughs> on the book. Uh, but, but yeah, I've, I've got it. I've got a reprint and I've got a collected edition. It's something that that any true X Men fan, find it. yeah, should own in one form or another. So I, I say five. No, oh, this is tough. Uh, <laughs> I guess uh, what's uh, we said fives are are th- something that everybody should own. Fours are must own. Fours are fours is a great great issue. issue. Definitely a reread. Definitely a reread. You know, I'm going to have to call it a five. I think. I think. Uh, I think everybody should own it. I think it is such an important book, not just to to the X-Men, but to the Marvel Universe in general and maybe even the greater comic book universe. I think in some form or fashion, some, you should have it, regardless of whether it's a, a reprint or, or whatever, or digital, like you've got it on the, the DVD version that Marvel sold back in the day. 
Um, yeah, I think everybody should have it and at least read it. It's it's like comic history, maybe not one on one because that'd be Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, but it's like comic history two hundred one. And I think everybody should have that textbook. Sure. I agree. Uh, I'm also going to rate this as a five as well, as a, a must own, must have. Tell your friends and neighbors. Um, definitely for both the storytelling and the artistry that was put into it. The next thing would be, would you, are you interested in continuing on? I suspect Jason is interested in continuing on. <laughs> yeah. Continuing on. I, I am interested in getting am out. indeed continuing on to this day. All right. Uh, I am right. definitely interested as well. I think I own, but yet have not read, I think I own the first five essential X-Men uh, books from Marvel, you know, the big trades. I think I have yep. volumes one through five, and uh, I do look forward uh, to getting into reading them. So, yes, I will continue at some point. All right. And I will, too, as well. Right now, it, it got me to continuing on looking forward to the next normal series run. Issue, so. It only gets better from there. I'm hoping it does. I've heard, you know, like I said, I've heard it. It does. So I'm interested in continuing on. With that, I think uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Xenophiles, a fan podcast devoted to the comic series Xenozoic Tales. It's a post-apocalyptic adventure series filled with Cadillacs and dinosaurs. I'm Ruth. And I'm Darren. We hope you'll join us as we discuss the stories, characters, and art in this excellent comic series from creator, writer, and artist Mark Schultz. Xenozoic Xenophiles is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. And find us at xenozoicxenophiles.com. The next issue for this month is Amazing Spider-Man number 146. With a on sale date of April 8th, 1975, a cover date of July 1975. Cover price was only 25 cents. Wow. Credits for this issue are writer Jerry Conway, penciler Ross Andrew, inker John Ramita, letterer Joseph Rosen, colorist Don Warfield, with the editor as Len Ween. We'll get into the story with a synopsis by Provided by I'm Jared. Jared. That's my answer. <laughs> there you yeah. forgot who I was from that. Yes, folks. Jared Albrecht, Yard Sale Artist, is bringing you the synopsis for Amazing Spider-Man number 146, entitled Scorpion, Where is Thy Sting? This issue starts with the Spider-Man villain, the Jackal, plotting his revenge against the Web Slinger, while Spider-Man's alter ego, Peter Parker, is trying to understand how Gwen Stacy can be alive again 
and how he may have to explain to her that he is now in love with someone else. Meanwhile, the Scorpion makes a territorial play by attacking some local mob bosses, claiming that he's killed Spider-Man, only to have the mobsters show him that Spider-Man is indeed still alive on television, and then the mobsters open fire on the Scorpion, who has to flee the scene. While running, he meets the Jackal, who offers him some information on where to find Spider-Man, claiming Spider-Man is in a specific hospital room. But that particular hospital room is occupied by the beloved Aunt May. While Peter Parker is visiting her, the Scorpion busts into the room and terrorizes Aunt May, which, once he's donned his spidey threads, Peter does not take too kindly to and proceeds to beat the stuffing out of the Scorpion and turns him over to the cops. But now Peter has something new to worry about. How did the Jackal know that Peter Parker would be in that hospital room? And does he know Spider-Man's secret identity? Thank you for that excellent synopsis. No problem. Let's start with Jason. Is this your first time read-through or reread? Uh, this is my first time reading this issue. Okay. Jerry? First timer. Me, first timer too. Yay. <laughs> we have a first timers club. In doing this, uh, this is, like I said, my first time read through. People may be wondering, why are you starting with 146 on this? Starting it off at where our giant size X-Men was. So kind of that kind of, kind of time frame to start reading Spider-Man as well. It was another character that I have issues for further, like in the the 80s, late 80s, 90s, and so on through there, uh, that, again, I have this series on the 40th anniversary issue, or 40th DVD that they did, uh, Marvel put out of all these issues from the beginning to uh, whatever issue was on the 40th, I don't remember, but, um, so that's where I'm considering it part of my collection, and that's why I just decided to kind of pick it up at that point, at this point, instead of going all the way back. A little background on behind the scenes of why we ch- why I chose this issue to begin the series off. Quick question on that. The, uh, the, that 40th okay. anniversary, you got like a 40th anniversary like on a DVD, is that right? These CD ones are, these are CD-ROMs, yeah. These are CD-ROMs. The X-Men one I have is a DVD. I don't know why they're different, but do do they come in like cool cases and stuff too? Um, no, it came in like a you know you know remember like computer games back then? Yeah, came in a box. Yeah, that's all it came in is a box, and then I think there was about nine CDs. Does the box have like cover uh, art, or did it was it plain? Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, you don't have the box anymore. No, I don't oh, have okay. a box. Right. I, I guess where I was kind of going with this is be great if we had a picture um, that we could post yeah. on the website or whatever, whatever that looked like. I feel oh, like oh, I've yeah. seen them before, but I can't remember what the box looks like either. Anyway, I don't mean to didn't yeah. mean to derail you. No, that's okay. I can put a picture up on of what I have of its DVDs. I can scan that. I in. feel like I might have owned these at one point, so that'd be interesting to see those. Let's go on to the next. Then uh, highs and lows, Jared. Oh. uh... The highs and lows. Uh, it's a it's a fun story. I particularly was amused by when the Scorpion made his big play, like I'm the guy who killed Spider Man, and all the mobsters are like, "No, you're not. He's on TV right now." They start shooting at him. It totally like do, just takes his uh, his confidence away immediately. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. I love a story where where Spider Man cuts loose because he's always been a very reserved hero. You know, even when he's fighting bad guys, he's very cautious to not overplay his hand but i i love that the scorpion went too far terrorized aunt may and spider-man just cut loose and just when he unleashes that true power of spider-man it's it's a sight to behold and i mean he he took down a fairly powerful spider-man villain in the scorpion handily 
Like it wasn't even hard because he, I mean, he had his dander up basically. So I really like that story is, is cool because it's obviously building towards uh, more with the clone of Gwen with uh, Jackal's master plan. It really has that feeling that you're, you're, you're getting into a nice deep universe with lots going on. So just a lot of pluses. I, in fact, I can't even think of a minus. I thought it was a great book. I, I'm going to just suck in that as well too. I, I'm being this start of a first pickup here. Um, really enjoyed the story. Um, what's going on? I, I'm, I do want to read more. Um, it made me want to read more of what's going on, uh, with this particular longer story that's going on, arching story that's happening and learning about uh, as we go forward, you know, the clone and why is Glenn back? Mm. You know, I know she died. What's all happening there? Good, uh, good comedy, good action, all around a good story. Jason, do you have anything? Uh, just going to largely re- reflect what the two of you have already said. I think this really had all the elements of a good Spider-Man story. You have the, the conflict, you know, both the physical conflict, which you've talked about in the battle uh, with Scorpion, which I, I thought the art with that was just truly amazing. Uh, no pun intended. That I, I, mm. it's, it's, it's quite a, a, a very visceral battle. And as, as Jared said, it, it really highlights what, happens when spider-man can truly unleash you know the his 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 true power uh it has that and then also has the internal conflict as um peter parker you know is is reunited with uh, the the clone of the the woman that he loves and uh, and has to struggle with the feelings uh, of that while being involved in a relationship with with Mary Jane as well and then you know you add the element of of Aunt May and and seeing Peter slash Spider-Man coming you know to the rescue of Aunt May it just really had all the elements of a good Spider-Man story and and sprinkled in some nice humor there too so yeah I can't really think anything negative to say about this you know, except, you know, the, the Spider-Man folks might take cloning a little too far 20 years down the road. <laughs> yeah, that's about uh, that's about the only negative thing I can say uh, about this story. And, and of course, I'm just saying that in jest. So, yeah, great book. Great. Well, I just want to add, I think, on Jason's comments there, too, is Inker, John Romita. Awesome. You know, yeah. really good. He's going to I mean, he's he's a great artist in his own right. It's interesting to see him on inks. <laughs> yeah, and then we got Jerry Conway as as the writer. Good storytelling, mm-hmm. good inks and penciler. Yeah, Ross Andrew, Andrew, I think. Yeah, Ross Andrew, good too as well. So let's get to ratings. Uh, I'll start with Jason. Four stars. Okay. Um, Jared. Four. And I will round it off with a four as well too. I think the average is out to a four. I think so too. <laughs> yeah, I can't give it anything less than four stars because while we were talking, I went ahead and ordered these two issues off of Amazon. <laughs> Podcast is getting very expensive for Jason. Uh, it is. It is. Wait, you ordered the actual issues? I did. What do they cost? <laughs> I, I, I dropped about wow, fifty yeah. bucks for for both of them. Wow. What? Why? What? Jason, Jason sells crack on the side, so he can't afford it. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I, well, I just, I, I wanted to read those two in the in their original format. Well, and then, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. Uh, don't freak out there, Pat, because like, if you want to just read it in original format, once he's done, he can always flip it back to eBay and, <laughs> and uh, get get the money back out of it. But he won't. He won't be able to let it go. 
probably not. Probably. <laughs> well, I can't that, let go. That's your own. That's your own problem. I don't want you blaming me for any addiction that you have or any spending that you do. Get that monkey off your I, back. I'm not. <laughs> I read it on well, Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> that's probably that's... a smarter way to go. Yeah. Well, with that, I think that'll bring us to the end of this portion. So we'll move on. everybody i'm chad bokelman you may know me from the green lantern podcast the lantern cast you also may know me from making promises across the comics podcasting community concerning a new project i've been working on an action comics weekly podcast to be precise well it's time to deliver on that promise the action comics weekly podcast is a bi-weekly podcast featuring myself and a rotating cast of semi-regular co-hosts discussing the characters appearing in the comic series of the same name from the late 1980s. So, starting this summer, join me and Mark Marble as we discuss Green Lantern. For all the people that want to give Hal when he was Parallax a lot of shit about the way he acted, <laughs> Star Sapphire has nothing on Hal for being like pushed over the borderline because she's just completely friggin' nuts. Jay Jones as we discuss Wild Dog. He straight up, like you said, he, he murders these people. And that's that's not my DC Comics. That's not superheroic at all. Batman wouldn't have killed anybody. But the story this story is it's it's not bad. It's not great. It's it's like the character himself. It's like he's just it's just there. It just exists. Ben Avery as we discuss the Secret Six. So when I read this alone, as I was reading through this this issue, I'm thinking, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> I, I told Chad I'd do this, but I don't know if I'm going to like this. <laughs> I, I do end up liking Secret Six more. This is the introduction, and without this, you know, I probably wouldn't like you know the, the second chapter as much. Doug Zavisha, as we discuss Dead Man. <laughs> well, it's it's a kind of a waffly Dead Man story. It wants to be a dead man story. It starts to be a dead man story. It forgets it's a dead man story. And then it comes back to being one. Um, all in the span of eight pages. Alan Middleton as we discuss Blackhawk. That there's sort of this era of Blackhawk where he was sort of dissolute and sort of couldn't get civilian life together. Mm -hmm. And I think this story is either beginning that trend or at least tapping into that tapping into that fertile story. And Michael Bailey as we discuss Superman. There is really no way to tie this two-page strip into that. So it really exists in its own world at a time where the Superman books were becoming more and more linked. So it's this oddity on a number of levels. And many other characters featuring many more guest hosts along the way. The Action Comics Weekly Podcast, coming soon, summer 2016. Find us on Facebook for more details. Welcome back from the break. Let's get into the Twitter likes and retweets from the first episode. Editor's note here. This next segment, you're going to hear an additional voice with Jared, Jason, and me. That voice is Delvin Williams, who will be joining us on a later episode. We have 
Twitter like and a retweet from Brian Melvey. DS and RS, which I believe is Darren and Ruth Sutherland. They do some fine podcast work themselves. Ed Joe Crawford. Jason Alber. Alberry. Sounds I'm not like a loser. I'm not going to pronounce that. <laughs> Jason Albrick. All right. We have Warlord and Warlord, Warlord Worlds. That's another Darren and Ruth uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Two guys. Two points for us on that one. Uh, Tommy yeah. Krasker. Uh, looks like Eli at L Knight 20. We got coffee and comics. With Clinton. Thank you, Clinton. And uh, we have DW at D Ray nineteen seventy seven. Yeah, y'all do real. Thank you, DW. Y'all do realize, by the way, that DW also can stand for dark web. We should. Use it. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I do our, now. Our very own dark web. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got a like from Chris, which was at. Geez, was that B B Toen? Yo, B B. B it's Chris. We got a like from Chris. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> I think it's BTO and Bat Books. Oh, B- so he so likes Bat Books. Turn her overdrive. Batman Books. Okay. BTO <laughs> and Bat Books. You got it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Chris. <laughs> Let it roll down the highway. Oh my God. I'm glad somebody knew a Batman Turn her overdrive song because I was both lying. <laughs> All right. It's an odd cut. Uh, is it my turn? Let's see. Yes. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm not giving a shout out to this son of a b- Wait, no, no. You got the one before that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, so that's what I'm talking about. This guy killed killed Han Solo. Oh. It's, it's Ben so- oh. oh, I'm sorry. It's Ken Solo. Ken, <laughs> Ken Solo's our guy. Oh. Don't take it personally, Ken. Ken's a friend. Of- Ken designed our logo, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, oh, you're all right, Ken. <laughs> Ken's a very talented digital colorist. It's some great work for him. Yeah, he designed our logo. Well, actually, thanks for the logo, Ken. It looks I awesome. designed our logo, but he made it. He made my vision come to life. He made it pop. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Thank Ken. You, Ken, you're not a son of. <laughs> well, we don't know that. <laughs> I, I thought he was. Uh, uh, oh, what's the guy's name from the Star Wars movie? And not not Snoke, but the other one. Kylo. Kylo Ren, yeah. Hey, look at me. Star Wars reference. Coming to the rescue. (laughs) He pulled that up from the dark web. (laughs) Nice lasers. Moving on. Jared Albrecht. Thanks. Thank you to Jared Albrecht for uh, giving us Twitter likes and retweets. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's all right. I'm doing all right. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of good, good dudes, we have Chris W. Uh, goes by the handle at Chris D. Wojcik. 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 Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, we've got our friends over at the Film and Water Podcast. That's Rob Kelly's show, which I have made a couple appearances on because I'm awesome. Anyways, the Film and Water Podcast is a good show. You should give it a listen. And I'm jealous of Jason, who goes after me. Yes, indeed, I do. I will give a, a shout out to Film and Water Podcast, though. I am not affiliated with them in any way. I have listened to a couple of their shows, and they are excellent. But on to mine, I get uh, Hostess ads at uh, at Hostess ads. Whoop, whoop. Thanks for, oh, man, yeah, Hostess. You're my childhood right here. <laughs> oh, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nothing what goes better with comic books and some ho-hos. Near the the reason I've got diabetes, but I love you anyway. (laughs) Thanks for the diabetes. (laughs) (laughs) Of 
And, and finally, uh, the, the last uh, Twitter like and retweet uh, comes from uh, Chris ETC at MythMaking ETC. Chris, he's a very good guy. <laughs> it's like 12 oh, minutes to do that. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Chris for uh, helping us, uh, giving us a, a like and a retweet there uh, as well. He is he's where I got the inspiration for the ratings. Uh, he's doing that on his uh, myth-making ETC. He's going through his uh, post-crisis polis there. So check that out. He's doing a great job. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. So with that, with that uh, that's going to bring it to the end of the show. Be sure to check out the website longboxcrusadechronicles.blogspot.com where posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank both Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, and Jason Albrick for being on this episode. You can find and follow Jason on Twitter at Jason underscore Albrick and also on Facebook under Jason Albrick. You can find and follow Jared on Twitter at Yard Sale Artist and also on Facebook under Jared Albrick the yard sale artist. Jared can also be heard on the following podcasts on the White Rocket Entertainment Network. Comics with Normies. On Her Majesty's Secrets Podcast. That's, boy, that's tough to say. Uh, Quantum Leap Rewatch. The Babylon 5 Rewatch. His upcoming art appearances will be at Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia, September 1st through the 4th of 2017. You can find and follow me on Twitter at Longbox Crusade and also on Facebook under Pat Sampson. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. Got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook or Twitter page. Until next time, take care, and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the crusade to read them all. songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We make no money on this podcast, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Yeah, I got fired from Lego Assembly during that. Yeah, I don't even bother anymore. I just toss them the box and, like, let me know when it's done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my, I got relegated to the role of separating out the Legos so that he would call for a piece, so I was kind of like, you know, when the surgeon's doing the, like, <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you got yeah. the short, the yeah, shorter. Yeah, I need a, need like a, I need a, a, a six knobbed uh, rectangle. <laughs> Check. <laughs> got it. Check. <laughs> is the ledger. Saw a mother's goat dropping peanuts everywhere. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Dang oh, up, not the okay. mute. It's you. Yeah, <laughs> it's me. Doo-doo. Even as we speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.